tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? It's ready as we're going to be. Yeah, I mean, as ready as we're going to be is the best that we can do, I guess. Right? It's right here. I don't know that I believe it, but that's what I keep being told. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the three amigos are back together? I don't, I don't know. Are we allowed to say three amigos? Is, is, is it copyrighted? I think it is. I think you can say it. I mean, we just couldn't play any music from it. But I think you could say it. I mean, we can't go with the... We also can't profit from it. <laughs> we can't go with the three ninjas or the three caballeros because those are all used as well. It's true. Mm, running out of threes. Uh, I mean, three ninjas. I don't think they're actively trying to police that. <laughs> That's true. Three caballeros, though. That's like, Disney. What, 24, 24, 25 years old for uh, three year, uh, three ninjas? Something, something like that? Oh, it's got to be longer than that. No? No, you're at 25 is probably right. But 94? I don't know. Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, like 92. 92, somewhere. 92, 94. Yeah, okay. Somewhere around that. I mean, when was the last one made? That's the important thing. The three ninjas at... Oh, mm-hmm. At at Magic Mountain, Thunder Mountain, Thunder Mountain with with the with uh, Hulk Hogan, right? Yep, yep. It's terrible. <laughs> and I love Three Ninjas. Uh, of course, of course, you would have seen that, Chris. Of course, I love mean, Three Ninjas. They, did they ever keep any of the, th- the same three kids throughout those two move three movies? I think in the first two. I think no. I think they switched out. I think no. I think they kept all of them except for uh, Colt. I think they switched Colt yeah, out at, at one point, and that was and the Colt. rest of them were the same. And uh, he was he was the one that changed out. I think. Yeah, Tum Tum and Rocky. Yeah, they were the same. Almost so, sure. So did did Colt just hit that growth spurt, that puberty, and they were like, "Up, oh, sorry, you're out of here." Mm, this is probably a mountain of cocaine or uh contract negotiations or something i'm sure i don't think it had anything to do with them getting older because you know why would that impact kid actors right <laughs> fair enough uh i think he was the one that was like slam dunking a basketball too at one point it was kind of like wait mm, what so maybe he did hit a bit of a growth spurt and went to play in the the nba yeah, Ninja's you, Basketball Association, of course. If you know that uh, he is actually Steve Nash of the Phoenix Suns. Oh, there you go. See? <laughs> see? I can see that, actually. <laughs> Visually, that would make complete sense to me. Steve Nash is still only like 5'6". I'm not saying the kid got much taller. <laughs> <laughs> he grew just enough to be out of a... a Ninja child state. That's right. Apparently. He grew into a manja. <laughs> a Canadian manja. A Canadian manja. That's right. A manja. Ah, I get what you did there. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> I apologize deeply to any Canadian listeners. 
Well, Richard, uh, this week on the Mitch and Rich Show, we are, uh, you know, bringing on a very special guest, another co-founder of Geekly Radio, a uh, fellow podcaster, Chris, is joining us to talk about a subject that we all find very dear to our hearts. Do we, though? <laughs> Do we? It's starting already. Like, wait, who who finds this dear to our hearts? I, I do. Do you? I mean, <laughs> really, though? Do you? Maybe you do. I don't know. It's funny. It's because, you know, you're, you're, I feel, I really do feel like you're on one side, Chris is on the other side, and I'm, I'm really stuck in the middle because I don't know where I fall. Ah, so you're, you're going to be the reservoir dogs today, then, huh? Yeah. You're going to be stuck in the middle with us, huh? Oh, that's where you're going with that? That's, that was, oh, uh, yeah. Nice roundabout way. <laughs> See, oh, right? That's the kind of show this is, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> Lots of ridiculously bad jokes and not much actually talking about a real topic. That's, hey, I wouldn't have it any other way. See? Accurate. Right? <laughs> right? That's dear to my heart. So we are talking about Netflix's The the Defenders, not The Avengers, The Defenders, the the street-level team. Um, came out, when did it come out? Back in July? That seems long. Yeah. Earlier, early September-ish? Early September-ish? No, Maybe we're in August? September. No, it had to be been August then. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's how dear it is to our heart. We don't even know when it came out. We just know that it was great and it came out. It doesn't. We don't need to know when it came exactly. out. Exactly. Well, I mean, you, you, I mean, you kind of do since you brought it, <laughs> brought it up and we're That's asking true. when it came out. Okay, it premiered <laughs> August 18th. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Split the difference go. right in the middle. August 18th. We are talking yeah, about the Defenders. Yeah, I want to talk about this uh, recent article that came out. Um, I'm I found it on Variety, but I believe it's other places as well. It says that Netflix's Marvel's The Defenders is least viewed among Marvel Street Hero series in debut month in the U.S. What do you guys think about that? I could see that. I I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. I. I I get why it, it has low viewership. Uh, I mean, it, that that doesn't surprise me at all. So I also I think that uh, go ahead, people Chris. didn't realize it came out. Like that's why I didn't watch it at first. Yeah, it did. It did. I will give you that. It did feel like this show got marketed less than the previous shows, and I, I you know, I know we've talked about this uh, between you and I, Mitch, a couple of times on the show now, and and a lot of it, I think, comes back down to the fact that Netflix is so indebted that I don't think they have the money to market as much as they did, like Daredevil season one, uh, and and I and that's the that's the reality of it, in in my opinion, is I think it's really starting to show in the quality of their shows that they're doing that they are really now starting to get strapped for cash or at least they're being more conservative with giving money out to creators to create the shows because a lot of the shows they've put out lately seem to have a very kind of like stripped down vibe to what you would expect maybe two or three years ago from netflix when when all of this kind of started really exploding for them well i think the thing about one of the things about netflix is that they definitely like to spring their shows on you like uh, I mean, if you remember like stranger things the ozarks um you know a lot of their shows they just come out they just debut and then you and people just find them and i think that's what they they like about that uh i think a lot of their advertising for 
defenders specifically was very subvertive. They did a lot of the motion posters. They did a lot of uh, things that they tried to make viral on, on you know, social media. Take a look at what they're doing for Punisher right now. It seems like every other day they're coming out with a new mini trailer, mini video, or, um, you know, uh, some other type of thing to promote that. So I don't know if, you know, they're really, they're just, I think maybe they're trying to do different things. I'll also, I'll agree with what Chris said is that they didn't advertise it well enough, but I just don't think that, I don't think that it's the, it's a money issue at this, at this point. I don't know. I, I, the only reason that I feel that way is because, I mean, I, I agree with you about the Punisher, but I mean, I remember seeing all that sort of stuff for the only one I really don't remember seeing that much stuff for, or the last few rather would be uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist and the Defenders. But like Jessica Jones, I mean, I was seeing stuff for that every other day online. Um, same thing with like Daredevil season one and season two, they made a huge deal out of those. And um I don't know. I, I really do feel a lot of it is, I, and I agree with you. A, a lot of their other shows do tend to just kind of come out. Um, but I think with the Marvel slash Netflix ones, especially not only given the information that they are significantly in debt, but also given the information that Disney's come out and said, you know, in 2019, we are cutting ties with Netflix 100%. We're taking all of our content, all of our shows, and we will not be distributing uh, anymore on Netflix. Like, I think they do have a little bit more pressure put on them now with that information coming out than maybe what they had prior to that. Um, because, you know, when you look at Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist, uh, all of that was still in development and, and filmed before all of this information got released to the public and, and probably even before it got released to, to the board members of Netflix. Cause that's kind of when the public found out was like when they were doing their like quarterly meeting or whatever their earnings call and all this sort of stuff started coming out. And then of course, like recently we've gotten the official word from Disney that they are in fact cutting ties and moving away from Netflix. So I think, I think there is a significant amount, uh, a significantly larger amount of pressure put on them now to start getting what they can out of these before they lose their, their contract, uh, which is, at this point, right around the corner. I mean, like 2019 is nothing at this point, uh, especially with how quickly comic book shit is coming out these days and gone before Netflix even knows what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I would agree that uh, this the whole Disney taking away their Marvel shows and movies and Star Wars stuff is going to be a big uh, hit to Netflix's uh, model, I guess, is, is, a, is a way to put it. But... I, I don't think that Disney is going to keep all their stuff strictly on Disney. Like, I think they're going to debut everything there and they'll probably be there for uh, specifically talking about the shows and maybe the movies after they've been out in the theaters for a couple of months, but it's going to only be there for, you know, for maybe a little bit and then eventually go over to Netflix or who or wherever also, because it doesn't make any sense to only keep it on Disney. I don't think it is though, because I was uh, I was reading an article earlier today about it, and uh, they were kind of alluding to the fact that they weren't even going to be giving uh, their streaming content to uh, cable subscribers that had purchased the Disney channels. So um, it feels a lot like it's going to be the same thing that kind of like CBS is starting to do, where that new Star Trek show is only on their streaming service, and you don't even get it if you have regular CBS or whatever, or the CBS streaming stuff. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. The the article I was reading earlier alluded to that that 
that they were going to kind of make that its own self-contained thing and uh, it would run independently of all their other like distribution stuff as you know it, it it is a situation of time's gonna tell you know what i mean yeah no exactly and i think uh disney is definitely going to uh have a a road ahead of them to to figure it out because i mean them and cbs are the ones that are kind of doing it right now um the the fact that they're gonna offer up this service that's not gonna be included in with normal cable bills or and I understand with CBS because CBS is is a is one of the national networks that is is supposed to be offered up for free. Is and CBS All Access, their streaming channel, is gonna be something that you have to pay extra for. And I really don't think people are gonna pay to watch the new Star Trek show. I mean, as good as it might look to some people, I just don't think it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, and, and to give you kind of a, a similar situation, I think it does, it would, I think it would make more sense for them to create their streaming service and lock the content to it. Because if you're only doing a timed exclusive, they're going to kind of run into the same situation that like what Microsoft has run into now um, their hardware sales are down significantly because they the exclusives that they do have are traditionally also offered on the Windows platform, which then lowers the value of buying their console, especially for somebody who already has a gaming PC. And, and so that's kind of the same situation. If, if Disney does take the route of saying, okay, well, we're going to have it on the streaming service for a short period of time, and then we're going to release it to all these other things, people are just going to play the waiting game. They're not going to buy into another subscription-based service. And I think in the long run, they're going to be forced into a situation where that's not an option, where the only option they have is to lock down that vault of their content to only that platform because you do run the risk of saying, okay, well, if everyone knows they're going to get it in like a couple of months or whatever to a secondary streaming service, then there really isn't any value in owning the Disney streaming service. It's true. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be, I don't know. I, I We're going to see what happens. I think people are definitely going to vote with their wallets. It's going to, we're going to find out if people want to keep doing more and more different streaming venues, uh, streaming subscriptions and stuff like that. Or if they're going to say, you know, enough is enough. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out how, how, how people decide. Um, I do want to say though. Do you have with, anything to add to that, Chris, before we move on? No, no. you're good. Okay. Just checking. Well, I do want to say that. Those those numbers, you know, you have to take with a grain of salt because Netflix doesn't release their numbers, and this study was done by a third party that just kind of is going around and about way of figuring out the numbers. Ed, what was that? What what numbers are you talking about, though? The numbers of of, of so they say that um it it declined sixty seven percent. 48% and 41% respectively over the 30 day period uh, per this study was, which was done by jump shot. So uh, compared does, with the, does it say by, does it say by any chance, like how they, like what they're using to, to kind of come up with that estimation by any chance here, it says uh, for the comparison, jump shot, jump shot created an index benchmarking each of the Netflix Marvel series against the top viewed of the bunch, which was daredevils season two in March, 2016. Following its August 18th premiere, the Defenders clocked in with just 17% of the viewership that Daredevil Season 2 received in the first 30 days. The study looked at Netflix's U.S. subs 
who watched at least one episode of each series. Compared with The Defenders, the, the previous premieres of Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones performed relatively equal in the first 30 days, accounting for 28, uh, 27, and 26% of Daredevil's Season 2 viewership, respectively. In addition to being the least viewed of the group, The Defenders also had the largest week-over-week drop in viewership, declining by 67%, 48%, and 41%, respectively, over the 30-day period per jump shot. Uh, jump shot's the name of the people that did the the study. Now, also, you have to take. I think right. you have to take into account the fact that you know the Defenders show is only six episodes long, or yes, yeah, six or seven. Eight. eight. The Defenders okay. eight episodes. Eight episodes long as compared to the other shows, which are what thirteen. Mm-hmm. Right, but it said it was only comparing the premieres, though. Right, that's what you're kind of alluding to. Well, yeah, it it says it's only it's only comparing. Uh, the viewership of the first episode of each show. Right. So, and, and I mean, like, I, again, I don't know exactly how they're coming to that conclusion with those numbers either, but I will say with my own experience, um, and again, this is this is not any concrete, you know, proof of this, but, like, I remember when Daredevil Season 2 came out, like, my Twitter feed, my social media exploded with information about about people watching, about the hype, uh, and and that one was definitely the pinnacle of what I saw. There was some of that for Jessica Jones and a little bit for Luke Cage. I didn't see really anybody talking about Iron Fist, and I saw a handful of people talking about the Defenders. So if we look, and, and again, that's just my experience. I'm, it, I guess it just depends on. But I, I will say for for my experience, it would be very in line with kind of what that jump shot people is, is estimating just based off of who's putting what information out there on social media, from my experience, at least. Well, I just have to say, you know, it all really doesn't matter because we're all going to probably be in nuclear war here pretty soon anyways, as of per what happened today, <laughs> but not to get political yeah. or anything. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> Uh, well, what about what about what about that for for either one of you though? I mean, like, would did would you say that that was a similar experience you had with like your social media, or did, did you see more people talking about the defenders than the other shows? Or, you know, I would say for my social media, I would think that it was it was pretty similar. I I felt like the people that I follow and the people that I talk to on social media uh, were just as excited for defenders as they were for Daredevil season two. Yeah, I think the same. Um, Like what I was saying with not knowing when it debuted, for some reason I have in my head that like before they were saying that it was going to come out like September 30th or something. So like it was genuinely a surprise when I found that Defenders was out already. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on that because I, I felt that too. I, I could have swore it was coming later than what it was, and then all of a sudden I saw like a promotional tweet or something from Netflix saying it was out, and I was like, oh, what? Like it came out, and like nobody's talking about the show being out, and then like maybe a day or two later, I saw a couple of people be like, hey, yeah, I'm watching it. So I agree. I definitely don't think they did a very good job of like getting the word out that this show is going to be dropping at this time. Um, and I mean, it kind of reminds me, like, I don't know if you had this happen to you, but like with Hellblade, like I remember talking to you about that game like years ago and I was so stoked for it. And then one day I opened up Steam and it was like, buy Hellblade. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, and like, the, I felt the same way about the Defenders. Like I, yeah. it was just like, 
and that was that. So I really do think Netflix did kind of drop the ball on letting people know, like, hey, The Defenders is coming out on August 18th. And it, and it felt like that more than just about any other show that they've had that's like a sequel show in a sense, right? Like, I mean, the new shows I get because they don't really hype those up mm-hmm. because they don't know if they're going to do well. But, you know, when they have like Stranger Things season two coming out, like everyone knows that's coming out in October. I mean, like they're making a big deal about that show coming out. And it really doesn't feel like they did that with the Defenders. I agree with you completely on that. And I also think that they're missing uh, a vital part of of marketing for their shows by not making it um like a, a certain part of the year to when they do it like i feel like daredevil season one and daredevil season two came out around the same time but when you throw in luke cage jessica jones and and iron fist and now the defenders it's all it's all spread out and people need some type of like idea when they're going to come out subconsciously as opposed because like you know every every may the first friday in may there's going to be a big blockbuster movie from uh, from Marvel now, like you just know that's gonna happen. Yeah. And it seems like maybe the, the Star Wars is gonna be kind of the same thing with the December, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah, I, I mean, feel- I I definitely think that that could be a good idea, but it also feels like, and and again, this is just me, but it feels like in terms of what they've done with the shows, they just started progressively like rushing to get them made because like, I don't, I really don't feel like Luke Cage, Iron Fist or the Defenders had the same amount of care and time put into them as Daredevil season one, season two, and then Jessica Jones. Like there's just something about these shows that feel completely off compared to the three other shows they did before them. I would disagree I with you. I, I don't understand what the reasoning for that would be because, like, why why would you need Iron Fist, the Defenders, and the Punisher all to come out in the same year? Like, that's that's insanely quick. And then what we're gonna have essentially Daredevil, Jessica, uh, Daredevil season three, Jessica Jones season two, and Luke Cage season two, and maybe Iron Fist season two next year. Like, they're just I, I I don't understand why they can't just slow down and put the time and quality into the shows. Because I think that would go a long way into helping them as well, but it seems like they're rushing them for whatever reason. So I would disagree with you on the Luke Cage part. Like I understand, I, I agree with you on Iron Fist and Defenders. They did seem a little rushed, but Luke Cage, I felt like it, a lot of time and effort was put into that show. I feel like every aspect, even down to the music and the titles of the episodes, were carefully like thought thought through and and really. So can I ask, let me ask you a question here real quick. What's the most memorable thing to you about Luke Cage and that show? Well, I mean, for one, the, the, the final fight scene between him and, uh, and copper diamondback, like that was, uh, pretty memorable for me. Uh, the, the scene when he kind of, where well, when Rosario Dawson has to use the doctor to like give him his powers back or reset his powers basically to save his life. I she thought had to that turn was him off good. and turn him back on again. Yeah, exactly. She had uh, to reboot him. She windows, to reboot uh, him. windows me. <laughs> uh, and then the big, the, I thought the big twist of killing off um, Cottonmouth in the middle of the season was, I thought that was incredible. Well, it's just funny because like almost everyone else I talked to, 
I, I, you know, I, I genuinely am like interested to know what it is about because I'm going to be completely honest. I did not finish Luke Cage. I've started it four times, and I cannot get past the third episode. I just, every time I just get completely bored of it, and so every time I come across someone who's like, "Oh, I really love Luke Cage," I'm like, "Uh, uh, well, I, I mean, the music was good, and that's literally all they can say." So I mean, like, I'm glad that you at least have some other moments that were memorable because I literally have not been able to come across just about anyone else who can articulate why they like that show other than the music. And I think that's really disappointing. And and again, that's not me trying to take anything away from that show. I don't want to say that show's bad or good because I just couldn't get into that show. I didn't finish that show. So I'm not going to like rag on it, but it's interesting that like the bulk majority of people, the only thing they can say is good about that show is the music which I agree with. The music's cool in the first three episodes, <laughs> and I'm sure it continues to be great through however many other episodes they have. What ten? Is there thirteen episodes of 13 Luke episodes, Cage? Or... Yeah. It's thirteen episodes, and and I, I mean, not to disparage your uh, your your surveying, but I would really like to take a look at the sampling of the people that you you talk to because I mean I know you. And I know where your your uh, taste tend to land, and I I can see why you know maybe the first three episodes of the show really didn't interest you and didn't didn't pique your interest, didn't keep you engaged, as opposed to Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Well, I mean, even Jessica Jones. I mean, like Jessica Jones is is arguably a very uh, difficult series to get through too because it's when you get into like the last maybe three to four episodes of Jessica Jones, it really makes that, that show great. You know what I mean? Um, And I don't know, maybe Luke Cage is that way as well. Like, again, I'm not trying to detract anything from it because I, I haven't watched it. So I can't really speak with authority on it, but it's just fascinating to me that everyone I run into is that's the only thing they can say that's positive or memorable about it is the music. And I just feel like that kind of became the trend for what followed it because I feel the same way about Iron Fist. I, I somehow suffered through all of that and it is completely unmemorable. And then you get to the Defenders and to me, it really feels like Marvel Netflix Suicide Squad. Like they literally just take everything that is kind of great about these characters on their own and boil it down to like what the Joker is in Suicide Squad. And it's it's really disheartening to see that in my opinion, but that's kind of my general overview of, of, of that. Jesus Christ. And I should also I should also preface that and say like I am not a huge junkie of the of the comic books for any of these characters like uh, arguably Daredevil is the one I have the most knowledge of but again like I, I never had a time where I was like buying every single Daredevil comic that came out so I mean this is literally just me taking the knowledge of what's been given to me in the Marvel Netflix shows up until this point and that's not to say they can't get back on track but I think they've come very far from what they started with like Daredevil season one, season two, and then Jessica Jones. Like it just feels 180 to me. So I'll say this, I, and I think, well, I'll say this. I, I have never bought, maybe other than Daredevil, a couple issues, I've never bought any of these uh, books either. And I, and I know Chris can talk to this, but when you come to a book where it's a team, you're never going to get uh, really detailed 
um, backgrounds or in-depth character with you know each character because it's it's all about their service characteristics and and sure. how they work as a team and how they solve the big problem together as opposed to well why is Jessica Jones the way she is or why does Luke decide he needs to uh, fight with Iron Fist first before figuring out what's going on you know it's I think you'll find you find that in the Suicide Squad and Justice League and Avengers like you don't really get to dive deep into those characters because it's not supposed to be about that. No, I, I agree. I, I agree with that. But I mean, to to quote Chris, when uh, he was talking to me about the Ninja Turtles movie that got made, he he said something to the effect of, it feels like someone told someone what the Ninja Turtles was, <laughs> and then someone who had no idea what they were actually went out and made a movie about them. And like, that's honest to God what the Defenders feels like to me, because... I, I understand it's never going to be to the depths of what their own standalone shows are. I mean, especially the Defenders. It's eight episodes. It's only eight hours long. But even then, like, the, there's just the content that is there is it's so bad. Like, it, it's just unbelievable the disparity of quality that happened from the other shows. And even arguably, I will even say Luke Cage, too, because... For the sake of argument, I mean, both of you have said that you really enjoyed it. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to assume it's just that's just I, it wasn't just a, a show of my taste. But even then, his character in Jessica Jones, which isn't all about him, is still a deeper, richer character than what is portrayed in The Defenders. And it's it's arguably in less time in that show than what he has in The Defenders. So it is possible it's just the writing, like the writing of the show is, in my opinion, some of the worst I've seen out of the Marvel Netflix shows and maybe even out of all the Netflix shows with perhaps the exception of like Hemlock Grove, <laughs> uh, which is absolutely unbelievably bad. Uh, but but it is it's 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 really like disheartening to see that it it was this bad, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I would have to say that. Uh, you know, you haven't seen the Rob Schneider show then. <laughs> <that's pretty> <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't watch that. Uh, I probably won't be either. Uh, look, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. And yes, I, I will say that Iron Fist definitely suffers from, from being rushed. Uh, the Defenders, I think they, I think the biggest thing they suffered from was not having a, a strong villain. I feel like the villain that they chose for that show uh, either didn't live up to what they needed it to or they picked a, a villain that just wasn't good enough to be the villain for the defenders. Uh, I think it's the I think it's the first one to be very honest with you. And and it feels like they were leading to something awesome in Daredevil season 1 and season 2. You know, they keep talking about this war that's coming, this war that's coming. And then you get to the end of the Defenders and you find out that basically they've negated everything cool that happened with the hand in season one, season two, and the Defenders because the, the whole antagonist situation could have been solved by a $3,000 subterranean construction permit in New York City to the organization of the hand. Like there's, there literally is no reason for any of the stuff that they're talking about. And there is no big war that ever happens or is ever going to happen now. And and you're right, like the 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 main villain and what they're doing is is just 
it really feels like they didn't know like what they were writing. Like it feels like they had an idea for one and two. And then when they got to writing the third one, they were just like, ah, what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to make them drink dragon bone marrow to be immortal. And that's somehow scary. <laughs> and like, it's really, it's really sad because like, honestly, like they could have made a legal and business procedural show with Matt Murdoch and Danny Rand, where Matt Murdoch is suing the organization of the hand for Danny Rand's company. And that probably would have been more riveting than what we got in the actual Defender show, in my opinion. How do you feel about the the, the villain, Chris? The, the hand being the villain and this, you know, uh, Sigourney Weaver and the, the five other fingers or the four other fingers of the hand? I... I enjoyed it. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I do understand where Richard's coming from. It, it, it should have been better. Um, but yeah, I, I don't agree. I, I haven't agreed with most of what Richard said (laughs) this whole time. Um, like for me personally, I think that Netflix, the, the Netflix Marvel shows, have been on an upward trend um, until Iron Fist, and then it dips a little bit, and then Defenders goes back up a little bit. Um, So I think it peaked with Luke Cage for me personally, and that's not to say anything about Daredevil Season 1, Season 2, or Jessica Jones. I loved those. I just think that Luke Cage, like, took it up another level. Um, Can because, you do you want to expand on that just a little bit? I'm just curious since I didn't watch it. I'm curious as right. to what it was for you that made that elevation happen within that series specifically. I feel like with Luke Cage, they did a lot better job of sticking to the source material and like actually referencing the source material, like almost every character in Luke Cage if they had a costume in the comics, we saw that on screen. And that was awesome. I loved that. I would I would agree that it, to this point, oh. it's probably the closest adaptation for the for the shows that we've had. Right. And I mean, being a a fan of the comics, um, <laughs> that that was awesome to see. Um I mean, I. Out of all of these characters, Daredevil's probably my favorite, and so I do love what they have been doing with Daredevil. It's been very faithful to the comics for the most part. I mean, they've changed the costume and stuff, and that makes sense. You know, they did what they had to do, um, but yeah, like Luke Cage, more or less, has been a direct adaptation of what I know from the comics. So did you read like a lot of uh, defender comics and things like that? Like I know, cause they team up in the comics. It's a, it's a series of them in the comics from what I understand. I, I wouldn't say it was extremely popular then either, but it is something that happened. Correct. Well, no, well, well before, before Chris answers team. is yeah, there this, these four people have never got together oh. and been called the defenders before the defenders in the comic books was, the Hulk, the Silver Surfer, the Doctor Strange, and Ghost Rider? 
either Ghostwriter or Namer. Namer, that's right. It's Namer. So they basically Netflix is or Marvel's Netflix or Netflix Marvel had these characters that they wanted to make, and then out of nowhere, the the word Defenders came out, and people were just like, "Yeah, these should be the Defenders," and it happened. Like I, I to me, it was the biggest phenomenon that the internet just created. I feel because these people were never on the Defenders. The closest thing. But I mean, they... how does that make how does that make you feel though, as like a fan of the comics and like what you were just saying? Like, if Luke Cage was so good to you because of its um, ability to bring to life what the comics were, like, does that not detract a little bit from the show, knowing that this was never actually who the Defenders were? Because like, what are they going to do if they ever really? Not that they could. I'm speaking obviously super <laughs> hypothetical because of all the rights and bullshit, but. Like, if they ever wanted to go back and make, like, a, dis- a Defenders show based off of the comics with those characters, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does that, if, if if that was what made Luke Cage so good, like, does that in no way detract from it? And it's okay if it doesn't. I'm just curious. Well, for me, Honestly, oh, go ahead, Chris. The Defenders uh, team, the one with, you know, Doctor Strange and all of them, that was weird in the comics like weird stuff happens in the comics all the time but like that is just a weird team like even among comic book people it really doesn't make sense there's obviously people that love that team but the majority of comic book fans are just like what the hell happened so in some ways, it was kind of par for the course of what the comics for the Defenders were then, having this weird team up come together out of nowhere, right? <laughs> kind of. Okay. Um, but see, the other thing that these four characters do share is that they were on the new Avengers together. So they can't call their team the... Like, the Brian Michael Bendis written new Avengers, like, after, what, Civil War? That, you know, where Luke Civil Cage War. and his team were, were on the run. Um, that was Danny Rand. That was Jessica Jones. And that was... Uh, well, Daredevil to an extent, you know, so this is what that is supposed to be. And we, cause that, cause Chris and I, that was the height of, I would say the height of our comic book reading, uh, that, you know, that was, that's the team that we saw and we, 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 we are happy to see in this show. Yes. It's not called the new Avengers because they have a big property called the Avengers that they, they put movies out in. If they were to, for some reason, create a Dr. Strange Hulk, Ghost Rider and uh, Silver Surfer, which I believe Silver Surfer is the only one that they don't own right now. If they were to create a team like that, and they would, they'd probably just call it something else. They'd probably call it the Invaders or something. You know, it, it, they would just give it another another name, an- another name that already exists. Yeah. And I mean, right now um, there actually is a comic going on called The Defenders that has these characters. It's uh, Brian Michael Benendez. Um, writing that and it's it's a great time um yeah i mean but yeah i I can't recognize that or recommend rather okay but that's obviously a a response to the fact that they were making the show sure i mean so okay so let's let's get into this then because we've heard a little bit about why i don't care for it but so mitch you said you were on the fence like what what is it that puts you on the fence then? Like, where's the middle line between me and Chris here? And we'll get to where, where Chris is at in a little bit. Cause I, I, you know, I do want to hear what it is that makes him really enjoy the show, but what is it for you 
that makes you on the fence. So uh, I think some of the things that I already stated, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the show is the interaction between all four characters. I loved the way that they, they played off of each other. I loved uh, the dialogue that they used because it felt like it stayed true to the characters that they had already presented to us in the four different shows. Um, I liked the direction, the way that, you know, when you have specific scenes for each individual character, they changed the color of the filter to to represent those characters. Like, you had separate stories that still intertwined together. And um, how the, the side characters from each individual show interacted with the other characters. Like It's not like Foggy only dealt with Daredevil. No, Foggy actually went and helped get uh, Luke Cage out of prison. And... Uh, what Jessica Jones and I want to say Karen talk to each other at, at at one point or another, but like I liked the way that those the our heroes interacted. The parts I didn't like were were the villains. Like it, Sigourney Weaver's character was so blasé and over the like not over the top, but so neutral that to me it didn't feel like there was a real threat. They bring in Elektra to be this. Um, to be this ultimate the weapon. Black Sun. Yeah, the Black Sun, you know, that, that they set up in Daredevil Season 2. But she eventually, like, breaks free of her programming. Like, and since it's only eight episodes, it's so quick that I didn't I didn't feel the struggle that she needed to go through to break free of it. But she still ends up kind of being evil. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the whole plot, and like you were saying, the plot of digging deeper into the the subterranean uh caverns that is underneath their own property why did it take so long what i don't understand what what all that was about you know when they finally get there i still don't i still really don't understand what was going on down there so well the property comes about in daredevil season one like that's part of that building and all the zoning stuff that he's kind of fighting them for but but i agree with you because had them legally or have they just acquired the permits legally none of the rest of it would have happened because even even the situation with the black sun they use the existing dragon bone marrow that makes them immortal to fabricate the black sun or black sky whatever her name was supposed to be to fight the heroes and had they just went about their business legally across all platforms both daredevil not being the vigilante and going after them in a court of law and them operating within the realms of just paying for a permit, which they clearly had infinite amounts of money to do it because they bought the land and built this gigantic skyscraper for, you know, this this uh, plot of land to go down makes absolutely zero sense. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it really doesn't... They did a really bad job in building up to the writing of this to, to have no payoff for delivery, in my opinion, and I agree with you on that. And plus, I feel like... Um since the hand played such a big part in both iron fist and daredevil, it feels more like it's their problem as opposed to a problem for all four of them to solve. Like it, the, the hand has nothing to do with what's going on in Luke cage or Jessica Jones. And right. When I feel like when you have something where, you know, these four individuals are supposed to come together and uh, they, you know, team up to with each other and, 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 and fight it off. You need, something that's maybe not galactus level and because they want to keep this all street level stuff but you need something one one big baddie that's supposed to bind them together i guess and i didn't feel that happen with the hand like it, it's it's more of 
hey, this is Daredevil and, Night- and, and Iron Fist taking on the hand, and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are coming along because they need the strength. And I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I, there's a lot of things that happen in this show that I, I just, it's really ridiculous to me. Like, the, the major thing, too, is it's like, okay, so by the time you get to this show, you, you've already watched probably over 20 something hours of story with these characters. 40 yet, something okay, hours. So we have Luke Cage, who knows that he's bulletproof, knows that he's bulletproof. Jessica Jones spent most of her life being mind controlled by this guy that she killed and is now being called a supervillain and that she's a superhero because she killed him. Like Daredevil knows about the hand. Danny Rand knows about the hand. Stick knows about the hand. They all know about all this stuff. And yet four or five episodes out of the eight episodes we get just walking around meandering about how they don't believe that there could be an organization of evil people doing bad things or that the other person has powers. Like the moment that Iron Fist showed up and was like, I can make my hand really hard and punch people. Luke Cage of all people should have zero problems believing that he's fucking (laughs) bulletproof. And yet there he is. He sees him and he's like, Oh, I I don't believe that you got powers. And then he gets hit by him and he still doesn't want to believe it. Yeah, but I mean, Alan starts hearing all this stuff about the hand and this eagle organization, and she literally killed a dude who mind controlled a shit ton of people, including her, for a good chunk of her life. And she's like, "I just, I just don't believe you guys. You guys are all a bunch of liars." And it's like, if that would have been one out of the eight episodes, and we would have got the meandering out of the way on top of all the bad exposition okay with it but when you get over halfway through the the season and you're still tackling these insignificant i don't believe that this is possible also we have to account for where this would fall in because this does fall somewhere in the mcu timeline also uh if you go by some of the easter eggs from uh, uh, uh agents of shield it would be after the events of the Avengers of the first one where there's a huge alien invasion. Like, literally, no one should have any difficulties believing that there is an evil organization that's trying to do something bad. Like, that's just such terrible writing, in my opinion. Look, I'll, I'll agree with you that it's terrible writing. I don't, I don't agree that it's four or five episodes out of the eight. I think maybe it's two at the most. Uh, it isn't. I <laughs> wish it was. Trust me. They, but, they, they're, it's like, because I, I literally looked, because I was like, how many episodes are in this? You got to take. And then I saw it was eight, and I was like, this is ridiculous. You have to like, take how into- are we halfway through this? And we're still, we don't even believe it. Because even all the way up until the point where, like, Stick has. Uh, 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 Danny like tied to a chair Luke Cage still doesn't want to believe that some of this stuff's going on when he's talking to Stick about it and then Stick throws the like sleeping powder in his face and makes him pass out and that's like in episode 6 you have to take into account that you know it's it's magic people have a hard time believing in magic I mean you have you see planes flying over your head every day if, you, if someone came up and told you that you know they can fly without such things You'd probably disbelieve it too, right? Not if I could turn myself into fire. And that's Luke Cage. The dude is bulletproof. You, If you are bulletproof and you get shot in the head by Jessica Jones with a shotgun and you live, you should have zero problem believing anything that's going to happen from there on out. But that's and, science. Like I said, you he... know about these other like people that exist in the MCU. Like, There's no way that you would be like, oh... 
an evil organization trying to do some funny shit. Uh, I don't buy it. I think if I told anybody in existence today, hey, you know that mega corporation? They don't care about you as a person, and they're up to no good. You'd be like, mm, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. It's well, like, I mean, if you would have went up to Luke Cage, if you would have went up to Luke Cage and told him that the Koch brothers are trying to, to kill everybody, then he probably would have been believed it. But you're talking about the Hand. I mean, that's something completely different. It's it's a magical organization that no one's ever heard yeah, of. But, but you are bulletproof. They, they, like, they, but that's that was where the from line science. Gets drawn. The moment that you are bulletproof, you should have zero problem believing anything beyond like if somebody came up to me and was like hey you're bulletproof and i can shit gold i'd be like damn that's fantastic i get that power look and then i'd be like well be, being bulletproof is a little bit cooler but you should have no problems believing that that person could do that look i think it was I mean, you're bulletproof it was more disbelievable that the reason jessica jones gets into this whole thing she even has a, a, a dog in the race is because a guy was killed in front of her by by Electra. That's it, and oh, she's yeah. like, "Okay, well I now I'm involved." Agree with that too. That completely that's, out of character for for what they established in her show. One hundred percent agree. That's out of character for what they established in this show. <laughs> so I, I, I know that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's why the writing's so bad. That and then there's like this whole other sequence where they're in the Chinese restaurant. All these henchmen are riding over there in the same van together, and they get there, and and Jessica Jones has been gone. Just in time to push a car through the side of the building and hit Electra with how she knew she was right there is beyond me. But whatever, that's fine. And then all these dudes get out of the van and they just start shooting the place up. And then old lady uh, hand finger, whatever her name is, like pulls a gun out or in the head and is like, we need him alive. I'm like, wouldn't you have had that conversation on the ride over? I mean, you were all in the van together. I mean, they were like, probably... why would you wait until they stop shooting? Why wouldn't you say it from the beginning and be like, whoa, 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 stop shooting. We need him alive. Not let 30 minutes of gunfire rip through the building and then be like, dude, we need him alive. Like, he could have already been dead. You don't, you don't know if that, that – most of those henchmen were going to die anyway, so you don't need to waste your breath in telling you know, people that aren't going <laughs> to even be around. What, what's the point? Look, what you do if they get lucky and accidentally <laughs> kill Danny Rand and you need him to open this thing to give you dragon blood bone marrow? They're not going to make you immortal. kill the you immortal the Iron Fist. He's the immortal Iron Fist. He said it many times. You should know that. Yeah, that doesn't mean he's actually immortal, especially if you go by the logic of the show where they don't believe anything anyone's saying. <laughs> Look. And then, like, okay. And then let's move on to this, right? So that same dude they make a big deal out of, Luke Cage captures off screen. Fine. They bring him back to this room and they're all standing there and they're like, we need to know what's going on. And the guy's like, I'm not telling you anything. And then Stick and Danny are like, oh yeah, he's from Kung Lun. He's unbreakable. He's not going to give you any information. And then two seconds, two scenes later, Daredevil shows back up. He was just in there. The guy knows it's him. He literally sits there, and his like little cane whip becomes Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. He like wraps around the guy's neck, and he's like, "Oh, it's going to get dark in here real quick." And then the guy's like, "I'm going to tell you everything you want to know." I was like. Two scenes ago, you just said that he studied with the same monks in Kung Lun, and that he was unbreakable. 
Like, that's just horrible, horrible writing. Yeah, but see, the thing is, he, they meant unbreakable as he's not going to he's not gonna talk, not that his skin is unbreakable. So the fact that... Talk. He the can fact, talk two scenes later. Look, the All fact that he's choking him out choking means that he could like die. He now doesn't have the dragon he bone marrow, so he... Not if he, they thought that he couldn't do anything. He couldn't. They they couldn't. None of them was gonna go to the point where they're gonna kill him. Daredevil was, or at least made him believe that he would. Why would you not? Why would you not? You were right there. You you you've been claiming about this war for like your whole life by stick. You know they have the woman that you love and all this crap, and then you're gonna literally just sit there and be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna do anything now, but wait till I come back two scenes later, and I'm gonna choke you out with my cane whip, and you're just gonna tell me everything." Like, there is no way around that. That is horrible writing. That's just bad writing. So, Chris. Yes. I have to say, at the moment that Danny Rand uses the Iron Fist and punches Luke Cage, I stood up and whooped in the air. Did you think that was an amazing moment in the movie in the show? I enjoyed it. Really? But really the scene that got me between Luke and Danny was when they both were in that boardroom and Sigourney Weaver was all like, "Oh, well, thank you for coming to us." And Danny's like, "Oh, shit." <laughs> <laughs> I've done and then Luke fucking shows up and they start beating ass together. I was like, "Yes!" You know, I you know what that was a great moment too. I I did love it because you got to see the two partners that we see in the comic books come together and fight side by side. But come on, the scene he's he's unbreakable. He's got the unbreakable skin, and he's like, anything you do to me is not going to matter. And then all of a sudden, Iron Fist, and bam, and he gets socked in the side <laughs> of the face, and it goes all super slow motion and everything, and he goes flying across the alley. I thought that was amazing. It was great, <laughs> uh, but I just, I love the team up between <laughs> Danny and Luke. So like they're so different, but so alike in so many ways. They just, they're just a great, like super couple. <laughs> super couple. <laughs> well, and even then they did, they, you're right. Like the two of them together was, and, and I will say this, like the, the way that they portrayed Danny was better in this than it was in Iron Fist, which is good. Absolutely. Um, and, and I do agree. I think the moments that do shine in the show are the kind of interactions between Luke and, and him when they're not arguing about who has a bigger ego. And then when Jessica and Daredevil are together, like those are probably, and, and it, it sucks because those are the briefest moments of the show. True. Is, is those moments. But, it, and, it, and that's my thing. If it had been eight episodes of like that, that would have been fine. You know what I mean? Like, cause like that whole thing where you get Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock at the kid's house and they're trying to find the blueprints and she starts kind of letting in on the fact that she knows about his background moment, you know, and, and them like kind of doing their investigation and, and crime analysis stuff together. Like that's fascinating on its own. Yeah. It's just everything else. And it's like, that's the problem is you have these, these tiny little golden moments that are so overburied by everything else that happens. And it, it, that's what I think upsets me the most is when you see the potential that is there that just completely got glazed over, that's where it gets really disheartening. Because if that's what the show had been, even if it was just them talking, like, because in those moments, that's all they're doing and it's still really captivating. 
so it's not even like the fighting. It's just it's those moments of creating those characters and showing that. It's like if they would have gotten all that other BS out of the way or had an extra 12 episodes or, you know, 10 episodes or five episodes, whatever it ended up needing to be, they could, and like you said, created a better antagonist or at least wrote the antagonist to presence because at this point, the heroes have killed more people and done more damage to the city than the <laughs> villains have. Like when they blow up the whole building and there's no one in it, there's absolutely zero reason to blow that up. And everyone is like, like it's, it's Danny's like, companion character that walks in and it's like i'm gonna blow this mother down and everybody's like wait wait wait, this is a horrible idea and they all look at daredevil because he's kind of like the leader of the group and he's like idea but fuck it let's do it anyway i'm like what <laughs> but that's what i mean like if they would have had those moments and like and and had that be the show that would have been really cool like that would have been a great show like why was that not the show we got like why why couldn't we have done that for eight episodes that would have been great so the whole blowing up of the building, like that, the part that that takes me out of the out of the the show so much, or like out of the movie, or what, or the you know, however you want to say it, uh, is because you know when when buildings collapse like that and fall in such precise ways, so that they don't hurt anybody or knock out any other buildings, like all that planning takes a really long time, and yet these guys did it in seconds. So that's that's the only thing that got me. Well, the architect had come up with that plan yeah he he did have it mapped out but but i i still think there's absolutely no motivation behind actually doing it like there is no there, there, you're not killing any of the the evil hand there's no one else in the building you're literally just tearing down a structure and polluting the city and giving people cancer with all the concrete you're throwing <laughs> everywhere so i mean like they're literally killing more people than they're saving there's no reason to like and everything else was below the building Okay. They could have just went in and taken the damn dragon and left. They didn't need to blow the whole building up. Okay, so we got they were reburying it. We got <laughs> they were denying them access. We'll rebury it somewhere else where you have control over it. Don't don't just what? leave it there. Rebury it somewhere yeah, else. Excavate it and take it somewhere safe. How the don't fuck just do you take there? a hole from somewhere. It wasn't a hole it. they were after, it's the dragon bones in the hole. Okay, just take yeah. that shit out and take it somewhere else. They do it all the time in these damn movies. The guy's bulletproof and you you have a hard time buying that they can move some bones. <laughs> we do that every day in real life. What are you talking about? Saying, it's gonna go in. Is, it's gonna go in the same warehouse that the Ark of the Covenant's in, in Indiana Jones. Magic, <laughs> magic. Yeah, they can't move that shit. You can move that. No. Yeah, of no, course you, you don't can. fuck with magic. You just you put a fucking vortex in there, like the aliens or some shit, and just port it back to Kung Lun. Be like, here you go, bitches. Do your jobs for once. And none of these people have that. <laughs> well, that's not my fault. They don't have those powers. Okay, so I'm just saying they we, did what they needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> We've got over why Richard doesn't like the show and why I'm on the middle of the feds. Okay, Chris, why did you enjoy the show? Would you like uh, to elaborate some more? Honestly, for all of the reasons that Richard was talking about, <laughs> every reason I hated the show. it. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> we all can agree that there were problems. Okay. Sure. Like the hand was not the way they should have been. Okay. Um, but yeah, like all of the moments between these characters, them all interacting, like that was amazing. I really enjoy these street level characters. Like 
out of the Marvel universe, they're some of my absolute favorite. So like seeing them being brought to life like this is just a dream. Like I would never have guessed that this would be happening. So I love that aspect. Um, and like all those character moments are done so well that, uh, you know, they're just treating these characters with the care that I think they should be treated with. So I love that. But yeah, I agree. Like the stuff with the hand, it wasn't as good as it should have been. Absolutely. Okay. Fair enough. I but wanna... I will, I, I think you bring up a very good point though, right? Is that the show, even in its, its state of, of what it is, right? Like, is it worse than not having it? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you are a fan mm. of these characters, like you're saying, because I, I agree with you, like, in, in my opinion, I 100% agree. Like, the Punisher, hands down, one of my favorite characters. Daredevil, absolutely, totally on the ranks up there. And, and, and you're right, it's because there is a lot more of an element of realism. So you can kind of identify with these characters a little bit better than you can, say, a Superman or something, right? That is completely... And even to an extent, Luke Cage, right? Like, it, it really is more about, like, his humanity than about his invulnerability, right? And that's, mm -hmm. I think, the major draw to Luke Cage. And that's that's awesome. So, I mean, as people who are fans of the comics and of these characters from the comics, I think, like, you bring up a very good point. And the point of that is, is that, like, this show is at least better than not having a film representation of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. like at least fans can be like, well, especially Iron Fist, right? Cause I mean, I remember them talking about doing Iron Fist back in like 1993 or four when they were like, had Keanu Reeves attached to do like an Iron Fist movie. Oh, and God. I think like, and I mean, I think if you're like a fan of Iron Fist, like even though the show maybe has a lot of problems, I think the fact that you're at least getting to see your character represented is worth something like I and, and I mean there's gonna be purists that are gonna be like no I hate it because of this or whatever but I think yeah. there's a lot of people that are also gonna relish in the fact that at least there is some representation of a character that they have loved forever and I think that's worth something I think that is worth pointing out and I, and I thank you for bringing that up I agree yeah and I mean like the like I said we can all agree that the story isn't great it's a misstep, but they do handle the characters the way that I would have liked them to. Like they didn't have, you know, Iron Fist, like transforming into a fucking dragon or something, you know, <laughs> like, or like Daredevil, like Actually saying some a fucking, a devil. <laughs> some riddle and like turning into a demon at night or some <laughs> random shit. <laughs> That sounds like a cool show, though. Just not with Daredevil. <laughs> well, that's Etrigan. It's that's Etrigan, yeah. DC. Sweet. Let's, let's make that show. So let me get these two things out there as we're wrapping up. With the, the okay. fact that Punisher is, become, is a show now, and it's going to be coming out here soon, the next time the Defenders get together, do we see Punisher, Frank Castle, become part of the crossover show? You know, I, I think, in all honesty, I think 
that depends a lot on what they do with his show. Um, I would say in terms of what they've, well, in terms of the Frank Castle character, number one, uh, but then also how Netflix is kind of depicting him. I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I have a, it's just like Jessica Jones with this. Like you have a hard time believing in her buy-in to coming into this team. And I think you're going to have an even harder sell of bringing Frank Castle into this. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I mean, I, I, I think it would be a hard sell, but I also think it would be an interesting uh, dynamic or conflict to have with these characters. I agree. And I think if they could do it in a way that he was kind of more of an antagonist and if they do it, handle it more in like how he is in Daredevil season two, right? He's not the main focus, but he's there enough and he has enough presence to become an antagonist in, in his own right. And I think that is where the Punisher really shines. And honestly, that's what scares me about his standalone series even is like, I love that character but with the way Netflix has kind of handled it, I don't know if they're going to do a standalone show of him very well. Like, because the way that they had him in season two of Daredevil works very well. But him just having nonstop exposure on the screen, I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, almost like Boba Fett, right? Like, Boba Fett is a cooler character because of the mystique, right? And because there is something hidden behind the veil even the joker in an in a extent is a cooler character because we don't always know his origin or where he's coming from and i think if they take all of that and they expose everything behind the punisher and frank castle i worry that that is going to take it down an incorrect path and also it looks like they're establishing a very gruesome uh, almost Tarantino-esque type of, of show. And then how you take that one character and mash him back into the Defenders, which is definitely not walking that path. Like I, It's just going to be a really... It's not impossible, but they're going to set themselves up for a really, really difficult time of, of bringing him into that, I think. Well, I think, I think you're going to be... I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with the Punisher show when it comes out then. Uh, if you're you're feeling that way now, I think you're going to really enjoy it, and that's going off of absolutely nothing. But uh, <laughs> I think I'm sold. You got me. Okay. I think that uh, you know the comic books have to have to deal with that exact same thing as well with Frank Castle when they bring him into any other uh, character's comic book. You know, because Frank Castle is a very gruesome character, very brutal character, one that doesn't doesn't fear killing at all sure so uh you know when he teams up with spider-man who you know killing is the ultimate bad they have they balance it out and i think it works out it, they'll be they'd be able to do it if they brought him into the defenders uh chris how did you feel how do you think do you think they'll be they'll bring him into the ne the next defenders if they make one i think that if they do it they would have to have him as an antagonist i mean they would all obviously have some type of villain that they're both like the defenders and then the punisher that they're both going after but they would be almost working against each other to that end and that's kind of how it is going down in the defenders comic book right now right was doing his own punisher thing and then the defenders are like oh God damn it. Frank being Frank again. 
So I, I'm calling it now then. Uh, the ne- Defenders Season 2, whenever that comes out, it's going to be The Defenders versus Frank Castle and Moon Knight. Boom. Done. Oh. <laughs> They better. They better hurry. Uh, they they only have uh, uh, to get all this in. So they need to. Uh, they need to rush, man. Oh they, no! They'll they'll continue it. Continue it on in Disney. Disney will keep making them. I do, but I don't think they'll keep the groundwork that Netflix has laid. Oh. I, I really think they're going to just come in and do their own route. But I think what would be cool is if Disney uh, opened up the floodgates of wealth that they have uh, hidden under all those secret tunnels and shit that's in Disneyland. And uh, actually did a standalone Moon Knight series, and uh, and they did it right. I think that'd be freaking badass. I think I think it will happen. Um, second question: the very end of the season, the very end of the show, we see that uh, Matt wakes up in a uh, hospital bed, monastery bed. I don't know, and he survived the 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 crumbling of the building on top of him. How do you guys think he did it? Magic. <laughs> Fair enough. One count for magic. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be magic also. That or he's actually dead and uh, he's daydreaming. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's yes. all a Jacob's Ladder right, kind yeah. of situation. The shark and uh, the whole thing was going to be a dream. <laughs> you can see the whole time. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that was the Defender season one. Uh, I think we. You though, you didn't answer it. What about what do you think? I, honestly, I just think it's gonna. You're gonna find out that someone, someone else went down there and saved him and pulled him out before it was too late, or like Electra or some. I don't know. Someone pulled him out. It's it's gonna can be. You, can 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 you two answer this question for me? This is just kind of my last little uh, side jargon about it. But okay. Why the hell do they need to say everyone's full name every single time? Like, you just said her name, and like I was thinking about it, right? There's a part where Stick is talking to Matt, and he's like, Hey, Maddie, uh, that was the woman that you loved. And then there's a delay, a delay, and then he's like, Electronachos. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we all got that. Like, But every time, he's like, I'm Danny Rand. I'm Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Matt Murdock. Like, through the entire eight episodes, it's eight hours of everyone's full name. Like, what's the deal with that? Well, you don't want to get him confused with... There. What's the deal with Marvel's names? <laughs> you don't want to get him confused with Danny Roberts that's, you know, on the table down. down, And you don't want, you know, Matt Murdock to get confused with Matt <laughs> Smith. So, it's just... It's it's just, it's efficient that way. Because then you'd be like... When Jessica says, uh, who is it that we're fighting? And Matt's like, oh, we're fighting Electra. She goes, wait, you mean Electra Simpson? Because uh, she's a friend of mine from high school. And he's like, no, no, Electra Nacho. See, you just cut out that whole conversation right there by just saying Electra Nachos. Well, they didn't do it when he was like the woman you loved. We all knew that was Electra, but they still had to say it again. And no one else was around. He wasn't explaining it to anyone other than Matt Murdock. Oh, no. See, so I, maybe Matt, Matt Murdock's got some short-term memory problems. Matt Murdock what's happening, also but. loves Karen Page. So when he said the woman you love, Matt had to go through the Rolodex of women that he loves. And then Stick was like, oh, fuck, this is going to take forever. Okay, Electra Nachos. He's like, she died, Matt. The woman you love. I mean, are all these women dead? Karen was still alive. Yes. A lot of them are dead. Oh, that's very <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all dead now. Uh, they're coming back as the hand too. Daredevil, um, Daredevil suffers from the same problem that Batman does. A lot of his his loves end up dying. Well, I, th- and that may usually be fine. In worse but, ways, yes, but usually yeah, at this point, ways. it's just been one that we know of. Like. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, was there any else? Anything else that either one of you would like to throw in there for the last bit? 
No. No. Okay. No, I think I, I think we had a pretty good conversation about it. There you go. Memphis needs a goddamn costume. <laughs> he and does. Not a tracksuit costume. No. Yeah. He does. It, I agree. He needed a costume. I think Jessica Jones needs to have some type of costume, even though I know her character does not have a costume anymore. But whatever. Uh, I would costume. like. I want to see a Hellcat costume for Patsy Walker. You know. Uh, Hell yeah. So uh, yeah, ah, and I I, I want to see the, the <laughs> I want to see the daughters of the dragon get together and, and kick some ass. That's gonna be fucking awesome. Absolutely. Okay. So. Uh, with all that being said, we'd love to hear what the listeners have to say. If they agree with one of us, if they agree with all three of us for some reason, or agree with none of us, you know, uh, you get a hold of me on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Richard's also <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Damn it. Richard's also on Twitter as? At Ray Cohen, R-I-C-O-W-N. And uh, Chris, are you, would you like to give out your Twitter handle, even though you don't use it? Uh, yeah. At Wizard. Y-Z-E-R-D. Okay. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio for our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekeliteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network, as well as other articles that we're writing and uh, things that we're getting into. Um, Richard, have you done anything more with your blog? Uh, no. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I I have just been, called him out. <laughs> yeah, no, I have been crazy busy um, with just work and life and uh, working on school and stuff. So uh, yeah, I have not had very much free time. So I have not uh, I have not made any new additional bloggery on my website yet. So well, okay. Well, people tweet at him and uh, keep him honest. Try and get him to do some more bloggery out there. <laughs> But I'll get there. <laughs> this is the Mitch and Rich show on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.